Who's speaking? Fellas, this here is uh, Eugene Aniston calling, just wanting to let you know how much I enjoy the show. I love talking about shoes, and I love talking about people in general. All right. I ain't got nothing else to say. Have a good show, and uh, way to get the movie boy, movie phone voice guy to do your uh, options for leaving messages. Bye-bye. Hello everyone and welcome to Starkville's House of L. This is episode 98 and I am Steve. And once again, I have no Derek with me, which makes me kind of sad. Uh, But we are in our headlong rush to get to episode 100. And so hopefully what will happen is you'll have this one. Derek's going to do one and then we'll have episode 100 of Starkville's House of L the day before you listen to or the day before you see that what we're shooting for is the day of the release of the season premiere um, you'll have episode 100 and then we will record episode 101 which will coincide with episode 801 and so for at least the first part of season 8 we'll have the episode numbers synced up in sort of sorts with our numbers but i am glad to have you here with me again my name is steve and i am um uh, how do i say this the host of geek out loud the official podcast of geekoutonline.com and that's where you can check out my various ramblings and thoughts when i have time to put them down and get them into podcast format Derek, several months ago, so gra- almost a year ago, not quite, but almost, so graciously allowed me to come in as his co-host for Starkville's House of L, and it has been a fun ride ever since. And uh, and now looking at this milestone of episode 100, we're excited, we're and just glad that we're still here, and we really appreciate you, the listeners, because without you, it'd just be us on the phone talking into mics for no apparent reason when we could just be talking to each other. Um, so thank you for listening so much. We really appreciate your listenership over these past 98 episodes and soon to be 100 episodes. So, um, it's going to be a short one today and I apologize if I'm not, I know when people hear me, they expect funny, they expect humor, they expect, uh, a little bit off the wallness, a little bit of, a little bit of crazy, a little bit of silly, you know, but, um, I don't, I, I can't promise anything on this particular episode, um, uh, I don't gonna lie, I'm so tired. I know Derek is more tired than I am because he's having to edit these things and do the AAC for these things as they're being recorded and getting to him. There's also a new shoe two out on the season finale from season seven, which is Arctic. And um you'll want to make sure to go check that out as Derek and Tucker. Uh Tucker the one of the founders of Starkville's House of L and uh, all around great guy. He and Derek did Arctic together. And you don't want to miss that, especially since Thursday night is the season premiere. So it'll give you a chance to watch Arctic again. Uh, with And basically you're watching it with Derek and Tucker as they talk about it. And then uh, you can flow right into Odyssey, uh, the, the premiere for season eight. Um, and I'll be honest with you, getting a little excited about season eight, getting a little pumped, getting a little... Uh, 
little uh, little uh, little uh, little uh, happy about what's coming down the pipe. So with that, let's let's talk about what's going on with Starkville's House of Ale. Of course, we're coming into episode 100. But also, if you're on the forums, you'll notice that there is big changes uh, going on. And um, we are moving, moving, we are moving the forums, or they have been moved, uh, to a new location. You can now, if you want to talk heroes or the 10th wonder, you can be at this one place. If you're, if you're listening to Skynext as well as Shu, you can go over this one place. If you listen to Geek Out Loud, the official podcast of geekoutonline.com, you can go to this one place. And it is at Starkville Podcast. Uh, dot com. I'm sorry. Starkvilleforums.com. Starkvilleforums.com is the new home for all the forums of the Starkville variety. Tenth Wonder Shoe, Skynext, and, uh, and so everyone is moving over that way. This is done for several reasons. Derek will expound on that a little bit more when he comes in and does his episode and talks. If you know me much, you know that I'm not a big fan of change, and I find change difficult and hard, and so I'm having a hard time adjusting because th- these are fancier forums. Um, they seem to be more user-friendly, a lot that you can do with them, and uh, and then I'll see someone do something, and I'll have to try to figure out how that's done. And and uh, But go over there, check them out, starkvilleforums.com, uh, and jump in on the discussion. If you have been on the forums in other uh in the in, in the shoe forums uh then just come on over we need you there we need you to pick up uh where we left off we're looking for all of our friends from the forums to get over that way so we can continue the discussions that we started on the shoe forums now none of the content is being moved just because that would have been such a massive undertaking but and and I don't even know if it was massive as much as it was impossible but the, the the forms will still be available, but they will eventually be locked, so they're just basically viewable as archives, and you can go back and check those out and uh, and kind of remember the good old days. But we're starting a new set of good old days now. We're starting a new time, and so head over to StarkvilleForums.com and check those out. Um, so that's that's about what I've got for shoe news, and uh, but here's what's going on with your Smallville news. A couple of big things. The biggest thing is Smallville has won an Emmy, and we want to say congratulations to the sound editing team because that's what they won an Emmy for. They won best sound editing for the seventh season premiere Bizarro, and here are the crew members uh, that work with the sound. Number one, Michael E. Losh. He's the supervising sound editor. Uh, Norval Charlie Crutcher III, supervising ADR editor. Jessica Dixon, the dialogue editor. Tim Cleveland, supervising sound effects editor. Mark Meyer, sound effects editor. Paul J. Diller, sound effects editor. Albert Gomez, sound effects editor. Casey Crabtree, Foley artist. Michael Crabtree, Foley artist. And Chris McGeary, the music editor. So congratulations to you guys uh, on the Smallville sound editing team. Uh, hard work has been rewarded with an Emmy, and they are very, very deserving. So to the Smallville sound editing team, and to those about to rock, we at Shoes salute you. Uh, also, there is some information. You know, there's a lot of talk because CW has locked in um, an option for Season 9. Basically, they're saying we'll leave it open if, if the ratings do good. We, we definitely want start, uh, Smallville back for Season 9. 
But the case, but the truth is, is right now, 2008 definitely holds 10 episodes. Um, I don't know if that's how many, I don't think that's how many would be in the can. There's been a recent interview with Kristen Crook, how she's talked about wrapping up uh, her story arc with five episodes. And to hear her talk, it kind of sounds like she's already done that or begun doing that. Um, so, but, but we definitely get two, we definitely get 10 episodes here in 2008. Um, now there, that may change. There may be one or two added in December. Uh, we don't know, but, um, and I would imagine those might go straight on through from episode one to episode 10, which would put us, um, it's middle of September, uh, right to the end of November. So yeah, that'll get us through the November sweep. So 2008 definitely to hold 10 episodes and then there'll probably be, you know, maybe a month or so hiatus before, um, or probably closer to two month hiatus and they'll come back maybe toward the end of January, right on into February. And, uh, and then there's usually one more hiatus in the spring getting ready for the big, uh, sweeps in the spring leading up to the season finale. Um, also, if you're interested to check out what the first two episodes are going to look like, there are new pictures of Odyssey and Toxic. Our good friend Craig over at Krypton Site has those posted, and you can check those out and uh, and see what they hold, uh, what these things hold from uh, from Odyssey and Toxic. In fact, uh, there are uh, screen caps of the season premiere at Krypton site. So you want to go check that out um, and see uh, see those. I'm really sucking tonight because you've got new images for all three. Toxic is the third episode of the season. And so you've got images from all three of the season of the first episodes. My gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, can we just talk about me for a minute? I am not very good at this like I thought I was. I mean, listen to me. I'm umming and on and stumbling and stuttering. Derek does such a better job at doing the news than I do. So how about I do this? Send Derek an email. Derek at uh, smallvillepodcast.com. Derek at smallvillepodcast.com. Get in touch with him. Let him know how awesome he does and, and how great it is to have him on the show because I am sucking up the field of play tonight. Finally, in Smallville news, um, and there's another um, there's not a kiss. There's not a kiss. It was originally thought that in episode five of this season, committed, that there would be a big lip lock happening between Clark and Lois. But recently, in an interview with TV Guide, Erica Durant's um, shot down that information. She said that never actually happened. It was supposed to be in a, in there. It was in a script originally, but it wasn't part of the final shooting script, so that kiss did not happen. So, Clois fans, um, I'm sorry, and I am sorry to see that because, you know, I'm a Clois fan, I guess. If I'm going to get on one shipper, I'm going to get on the Clois shipper because I know that one's not going to sink, yo. Um, oh! Anyhow, uh, <laughs> but uh that's not going to happen in fact let me let me quote durant's from her interview with tv guide there's no kiss i'm sorry to tell you that in our final shooting script that was not a part of it um in a side conversation a cw a cw publicist this is from tv guide confirms that the kiss did in fact exist in early draft of committed 
Uh, Erica goes on, but there are some things that actually come out in the script that are really, really lovely. They can get into a lot of trouble, and Lois has to admit feelings that she has for Clark deep down in front of him. I know this interview isn't going as planned, but I can tell you that when there is a kiss, it will be hot. And uh, so Erica Durant's on the kiss that was supposed to happen in Committed. And so it's not a spoiler because it's not going to happen. So don't get mad at us and write in and tell us how we spoiled the episode for you because we didn't. It's a non-spoiler, total non-spoiler. Oh, all right. Uh, that's it for news here on uh, Starkville's House of Ale. Finally, we're you know we're rushing headlong into this whole season eight thing. A lot of us didn't think it would happen. I was one of those. I think that had the writer strike not taken place and had we gotten a full uh, season seven the way it was originally intended, I don't even know that we got season. I know we got twenty episodes, but I think that they we know that they retooled some things for the for the seventh season. Um, and and so now we have this eighth season coming, and and whatever your mix, whatever your feelings are about it, a lot of us are expecting it to be the last one. But we need to understand that it is a new beginning in Smallville. There's something new coming in Smallville. It's going to be a show like we've never really known before. It's going to be a show different than any we've been used to. Season one was a show was a season that really set up all the relationships. It set up several of Clark's key powers. It set up um, Clark's, especially Clark's relationship with Lex, and I don't mean that in a shipper kind of way. I mean that as in their friendship sort of thing getting kicked off. Um, it, it set up the tension between the Kents and the Luthers really well, and it was really a great launching pad for what was to come, particularly with that final episode as uh, Lex goes to uh, buy out Lionel and, and they begin and, and thus begin LexCorp. Uh, and, and the, of course, the cliffhanger with Lana going up in the season, uh, or going up in the tornado. Season two was a season about discovery, and it was Clark really kind of discovering his roots, discovering, beginning the discovery of his origins. Um, you had the awesome episode with Christopher Reeve and, and what was going on there with, with him knowing about Clark and knowing about, uh, the, the planet Clark came from and really unlocking those secrets and some of those secrets for Clark. Um, Season three was a season that was about consequences, because if you look at all the decisions made at the end of season two, season three was really the the reaping of what was sown in season at the end of season two, from from Clark's stint in Metropolis uh, right on through to Lex's psychotic break, um, even to the end where Clark begrudgingly goes to be with Jorel. And Jonathan Kent is left in a comatose slash catatonic. I don't really know what the difference between those two state. And and for three months, Clark is gone, you know, basically being brainwashed or rebooted or however you want to say it. Season four was a season to to try to bring things, it really seemed initially to try to bring things full circle for Clark. Um, a season to embrace destiny or to really see his destiny i guess i should say because as you hit season four you get episodes like onyx you get episodes like uh even even run where clark begins this journey of inspiring others to goodness which is what he did in the life of bart allen um season four rounds out the high school career you know and you think that you've moved on and then you hit season five 
And season five is really a season of loss. It's a very much a coming of age season for Clark because he's graduated from high school now. He's in that transition between boyhood and manhood, and he is he's coming to the point where, you know, he's got to figure out what he's going to do with the rest of his life. Well, you throw in the mix with that, you've got this Brainiac character who's wanting to bring Zod back. In the middle of Season 5, you've got the death of Jonathan Kent, and um, you've got Clark dealing with that. And finally, toward the end of Season 5, you have a situation where Clark struggles between having to kill someone and not knowing what he's doing unwittingly unleashes Zod upon the world and is thrust into the Phantom Zone. Season 6 is, again, it's almost like, see, it, it kind of, Season 3, I feel like the writers really tried to, I'm sorry, Season 6, I feel like the writers may have tried to parallel Season 3 a little bit because Season 6 was a season about consequences again. It was a season, you know, Clark had the consequences of what took place in the Phantom Zone. Clark had to face the consequences of dealing with um, not killing Lex to, present him from, to prevent him from becoming Zod. He had to deal with the consequences of the Zoners being released when he let himself out of the Phantom Zone. He had to deal with the consequences of his, his relationship, his tumultuous relationship with Lana and all that she'd been through and all that he had allowed her to go through without sharing a secret. You know, uh, Lex had to deal with the consequences of what he had done under the influence of Zod and, and his trust of Brainiac. And, and, but he also had to deal with the consequences of his relationship with Lana and what he'd allowed it to become. The, the, then there was the whole pregnancy thing. Lana was dealing with the consequences of, of, quote, you know, and I don't, this is going to sound crass and I don't mean it to, but for lack of a better term, getting in bed with Lex. And so you have the end of a end of a season that's really messed up. It's also Lex's time. Now this is really season six was really Lex jumping head first into this role that he will one day be as this not quite mad scientist but also corrupt businessman kind of guy where he will go by any means necessary to have the power. And so at the end you have him searching for one that the final phantom who he's going to use to create this super soldier. And, of course, you know what happens. It ends up um, getting some of Clark's DNA and becoming Bizarro. And so Season 7, then, is really about the, the pointing oneself towards one's destiny. Season 7 is really about seeing destiny and making a choice about what to do with it and that's what clark did throughout season seven from the scene in action where he's holding the cape and he just leaves it sitting out on the fence and walks away from it um to the point where he he is more concerned about sitting at lana's bedside when she's in the state that she's in than he is about going out and finding uh lex to the point that when lionel is offering him the key to the the thing in zurich switzerland he he refuses it um and and as he and as Clark rejects his destiny, you know, we begin to see things happen. The death of Lionel. Lex completely embracing his destiny. Um Chloe's destiny becoming more and more uncertain to those of us who have followed that character throughout the years. Lois, you know, coming into her place in the Daily Planet, Jimmy starting to to come into his place as Lois's erstwhile sidekick, and and so many things happening. The one thing that took place in Season 7 was there was so much tied up 
from the past six and a half years. Um, if you take, uh, and especially in the, in the episode Veritas, once Veritas aired, there were a lot of, I don't, you know, there, it wasn't that there were a lot of questions answered. It was that there were a lot of doors closed uh, from from way back. You know, there, yeah, you know, there's still the question of the caves. When are those finally going to be destroyed? There's still some other things. But Veritas really started to wrap some things up, particularly as it pertains to um, what Lionel has been after all these years and 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 how much he's known and and you begin to see what it did is it really helped you kind of go back and weave the pattern from in particular season four right on back to season one veritas did veritas did a great job of taking the information that we knew about virgil swan taking the information we knew about uh the teagues and then even taking an obscure Easter egg type reference from the opening moments of the pilot episode and tying all that back into things so that you find out that Lionel had a hand in the death of Oliver Queen's mom and dad just so he could get his hand on their locket for their key that had their key to the item in Zurich, Switzerland, Switzerland in the bank that, that everyone was after. You find out that in in this episode, you find out that these people had worked together in the past, seeking and searching for this traveler. So it is no coincidence that Professor Swan in season three, or in season two rather, had had his eye on Smallville waiting for something to happen. Because he knew what the meteor shower was, he knew what was going on, and so it was no surprise that he would contact Clark the minute the small little rag of a paper printed the symbol on Clark's barn. And so he was able to get in touch with Clark and he was able to say, I know what this is and I'm a friend, so why don't you come up here and meet me? And that's why he was able to uh, to intercept the signal that Jarrell was sending because he was actually looking specifically for it. It wasn't a random happenstance that Professor Swan stumbled upon the signal from Jarrell. He was looking for that signal. Uh, he knew where to look for Krypton. He knew what was going on. And so it, it comes back to all of this stuff that had gone on years before with the Veritas group. Now, the problem is is what it did to all of these people. And it's interesting that Edward Teague in Veritas is portrayed as kind of a crooked guy that wants to control the traveler. You know, he's right, he's he's taking a page out of Lionel's playbook, and it, and it looks like he's even trying to out um, out Fox Lionel. But by the time we see the real Edward Teague in Traveler, you know, as he is today, he's really kind of changed. His his mindset has changed in that we can't control the traveler. We either have to help him accept his destiny or to destroy him. And and so he hadn't set out to control the Traveler. He was set out to basically make sure the world was safe from the Traveler. Um, in, in the midst of all this, you have Alex, who has for years striven and striven and striven for his father's love and for his father's support. And you have the conversation finally, especially in Descent, where... Lionel says, has it ever occurred to you that you were the traveler? You know, we went to Smallville for you. And there is that great scene at the end of Veritas that takes place mere moments before. In fact, as that scene is happening, um, you can probably 
coincide the, the conversation Lionel's having and with Lex out in the lobby playing with his warrior angel figure, you can probably coincide that moment with the ship and the meteors being just the other side of the moon on their way to Earth. So that by the time Lionel and Lex get their short little jaunt over to uh, over to Smallville, meteors are starting to enter the Earth's atmosphere and they are screwed. Um, you know, and 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 it's the beginning. It's real neat to go back and see that beginning of that journey. But that episode did a lot to tie things up. And what happens is from that, if you're going to go back and and weave the thread, if you're going to go back and and close the door on all these many chapters that have been opened up, then what has to happen is you've got to start now in a new direction. And and I think that's what we're going to begin to see with season eight. That's what we begin to see with Descent. Is is you saw Lex kill his father? You know, you saw at the end Lionel of Veritas, Lionel frantically begging Chloe to to accept his help, to listen to him. You saw him do the same with Clark. You saw uh, the situation with all this stuff going on, and um, and so descent opens, and Lionel's dead now. And from that moment, the world has changed. It doesn't matter if Lana's in the hospital. It doesn't matter if Kara is is off with Brainiac. Clark has some things he's got to get straightened out, sure. But now his life is completely, completely different. And and we can't worry about our origins anymore because Clark knows where he's from. Clark knows what his father wants of him. Clark knows what he needs to do. It's just a matter of if he will choose to do it or not. And and so I really hope what has happened with this last season, the seventh season, is that as the as the chapters are closed, as the ends are tied up, as things have gone on, that what we will see in the season eight, is Clark beginning to embrace who he is, embrace his destiny, embrace, um, embrace his power, you know, even embrace, embrace his heritage, embrace who he is, embrace what he must do and begin to do that. Because now this show is no longer one team's take or one group of creators take on the origins of Superman. This show is now is a different take on the character of Superman. And and I think it I think if we'll begin to look at it in that way it'll work. It'll work a lot better um maybe than what we expect it to because I'm okay with a different take on Superman as long as the heart of the character is still there. You know, I'm okay with Superman being, you know, someone I mentioned, you know, even at the panel at Dragon Con, I think I mentioned that the whole concept of maybe doing Superman so that he's a bit of an urban myth so no one ever really knows what is really going on. Well, the truth is, is John Byrne did that in his Man of Steel series, but also, which was a relaunch of Superman back in the 80s after Crisis, uh, that'd be Crisis on Infinite Earth, mind you, and um, and then, but I mentioned, someone said, well, that's Batman. That's Batman. Not anymore. You know, I mean, Batman gets to the point in his career, too, where he's he's not really that urban myth or that ur- urban legend anymore that people know he exists, that they know he's out there. I mean, come on, how how much of an urban legend can you be when you've got a flipping symbol on top of police headquarters calling you out anytime there's trouble? So, you know, I think it's plausible that Superman could end up being more of an urban myth than even Batman can because Clark would be able to get in and out of places we've seen him do it before, literally undetected, uh, but for a red blur, you know. And so I think that 
you know, that's what Smallville is going to do this season. I think that that's what we're going to begin to see. Not that I'm supposed to speculate on this season. My, my assignment was to talk about how Veritas wrapped things up. But I feel like you can't look back at the past without saying, how is this going now to directly affect the future? And that's what is going to happen. You know, Lex, whether he's dead or not, and whether we'll see him again or not in this series, you know, what we know is that down the road, Lex is going to be around. Um, however he would come back, Lex is going to be around. And and Lex has come to grips with all of his repressed memories. He's come to grips with the idea of what happened to his little brother. I say come to grips. Granted, he tried to clone his brother. But he's come to the point where these things have he's he's allowed these things to become truth in his life and so now his response to that truth and his response to the way things have been are going to shape who he is and that's where he's going to move forward and the same is true of Clark you know Jonathan is dead Martha has moved on beyond the farm um Lana is gone now and Lana is gone with a great message to Clark that you are bigger than me you are bigger than this and you must go on and embrace your destiny you know he's got chloe you know pushing him to go and, and embrace this destiny and so and so we're going to begin to really see that and um because all this past stuff now is wound up this past stuff has been tied up that these doors have been closed he knows where he's from he knows what he must do he knows what is expected of him and he knows what he's capable of and i maintain this to this day clark can fly he is able to fly he refuses to because in refu in in flying he is saying that if he's not bound by the one thing that all humanity is bound by if he is not bound by gravity while on this earth then he he is scared of that kind of power. I really think he's scared of that kind of power. You know, he can see through things. He can he can start fire with his eyes. You know, he can he's super strong, he's super fast. But the minute he does this, you know, I think he's saying that's it. You know, I, I, this is everyone's dream. This is this is the stuff of dreams. This is the stuff of imagination. And if I can do this, then this is too much power. And so I think he can fly. I think he's just scared to. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great ride, mostly for the most part. I really do. I can't wait. Um, you know, Derek has kind of given me some inside info on some stuff that's coming down around episode eight or so. And I'm really looking forward to all the debates that fans have about what goes on. I think it's going to be interesting to see, um, see how mad everyone gets and how up in arms all the purists get. But I, at the same time, you know, guys, just remember it's, it's what we love. It's Superman. It's a different take on the character. And if you, and the heart is there, you know, the heart of this guy who really just wants to do the right thing. And granted, it's not second nature to him yet to do the right thing, but it's coming. And I think we'll see that. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. Once again, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for a hundred episodes. We're coming up, you know, just a couple episodes away from that. Thank you guys for listening. That none of this is, is possible without you. None of this can be done without you. And, um, and so, you know, I, I thank you for embracing me. Wow. You know, coming on the show, I didn't know what to expect. And I'll talk more about this in the 100th episode. But, it, you know, it's just been a fun ride. And, and thanks for welcoming me the way everyone has, all the listeners have with open arms. Appreciate you joining us. You can email us at mail at smallvillepodcast.com. You can email Derek directly at Derek at SmallvillePodcast.com. You can email me directly at Steve at SmallvillePodcast.com. Don't forget to check out the new forums, StarkvilleForums.com. And if you're really just wanting to have fun and geek out a little bit, go over to GeekOutLoud.com or GeekOutOnline.com or GeekOutPodcast.com, not GeekOutLoud.com. That's the name of the podcast, GeekOutLoud, the official podcast of GeekOutOnline.com. 
Yes, that is three plugs in one episode and under 31 minutes, in fact. So, hey, again, guys, thanks, everyone, for being with us. We appreciate it. I never know how to sign these things off, so I'll just say a bye-bye.